for those of you here who think I look somewhat familiar but are not entirely sure who I am, I am Brother Matthew. About three years ago, I did my residency year here in Benicia while Father Jerome was the pastor, Father Quorum was the associate pastor, and I think Father Christopher Wetzel was doing his deacon year here. So once I got ordained to the diaconate last weekend, my superiors figured that what better place would there be to preach my first homily than to the good folks in Benicia. So bear with me. In the movie Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks plays the role of a man with an IQ of about 75, and he takes the audience through the 1960s and all its charm, joy, confusion, and sorrow. Toward the latter half of the movie, Tom Hanks is sitting on his porch in Alabama, when suddenly, for no particular reason, he decides to run aimlessly across the country. And as people begin to catch on to what he is doing, they are so inspired that they follow after him, they imitate his example, and even ask him for advice as to how to live their lives. Eventually, a huge crowd begins to follow him, leaving the regular world behind, as it were, to aspire to something far greater than themselves. It becomes almost like a religious movement. After about two years of Tom Hanks running, he ends up passing through the desert somewhere out west when suddenly he stops, and the crowd waits for him to proclaim some sort of prophetic word of wisdom. But in anticlimactic fashion, he simply says, I'm tired. I think I'm going to go home now. As Tom Hanks walks off into the distance, the crowd awkwardly disperses. This sense of hope, yet lack of direction, and failure to ultimately find fulfillment perhaps spoke to the spirit of that time. I was not around in the 1960s, so I will not say anything definitive on that matter. But even more than speaking to a particular moment in history, the scene speaks to a real part of human existence. While we are at home, living our lives in the body, we are not truly at home. As good as this life is, there is nevertheless something thoroughly lacking, for we hunger and thirst for something far greater than this world has to offer. In today's reading from the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is keenly aware that we are looking for our heavenly homeland and for something in the world to give us direction to that end. He tells the church of Corinth, although we are Although, uh, although we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, and would rather leave the body and go home to the Lord. Through all the twists and turns of life, whether we are fully conscious of it or not, we are looking for God. We are looking for that highest good which will give us fulfillment, which will affirm our existence and make us whole. However, what is different in our Catholic faith is that we know where we are going. Although in a real way we are locked down with everyone else in the world, we have been given the gift of faith. Our Lord has revealed to us the final destination of man and is himself leading us to that end. Now, this all sounds great and comforting, and Paul's a very poetic guy. However, he reminds us that 
this great hope we have is all leading up to an appearance before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us will receive what we deserve according to what we have done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, let's think about that for a moment. Why on earth would we find it comforting that we have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? The judgment of others is typically not something we look forward to, especially when it's God who knows all our hidden faults and will have to um, bring them before him. This brings to mind condemnation, punishment, and perhaps an overemphasis on the harsher side of life. So what is it here that St. Paul thinks is so comforting? I would propose that it is God calling us to moral perfection. He cares to judge us because our very lives, the decisions, the actions that we do, are of infinite value to him. He judges us because we are worth judging. Our lives are not merely running around in meaningless circles, even though it might feel that way at times. And on one level, we're keenly aware of this, especially living life on lockdown. We've become very aware, more so than usual, of the faults of politicians, celebrities, public figures of every sort. That we see the world so consumed with dramatic tension over all sorts of political issues or even just tweets from athletes, this reveals to us the value that we recognize in human action. We look for direction even when we are surrounded in chaos. So, to some extent, we are running aimlessly through life. We make it up as we go, as we move from point A to point B. But, on the other hand, we believe that there is a direction we should be aiming toward. Judgment implies that there is a goal worth pursuing, even if it is difficult to discern what that goal is. Though there is something truly frightful about standing before God and facing judgment, we have confidence that he has provided us the grace to reach that goal. He wants us to persevere toward the heights of holiness so that on the last day, when the final trumpet sounds, we may be found worthy to be called good and faithful servants. So how do we live this out in our lives? One of the best ways to achieve this end is to focus less on judging all of the seemingly important things around us that bother us, and instead focusing on bettering ourselves. Am I fulfilling basic tasks that I owe my family? Am I passing on the faith? Am I trying to conquer sins that keep recurring in my life day after day? Am I offering up my day, or at least moments of my day, in prayer to God? If I'm doing all these things, am I trying to find creative ways to bring it up to the next level? World events, major political movements, and the faults of those around us certainly do matter. However, these things tend not to change the major moral struggles that we face on our day-to-day -day lives. It is seemingly the little and mundane struggles that we encounter where we set the direction of our lives. In these moments, we face some of life's most important and profound decisions. It is here and precisely here where we say yes or no to the grace that God has given us. In our Lord's parable of the mustard seed, what initially seems to have be the most insignificant seed uh, turns out to be the most important. And this is symbolic, right, of the kingdom of God. 
we could see this as God planting what would grow into a worldwide movement, a worldwide church, through a few seemingly insignificant Jewish peasants. And this is true enough. However, the mustard seed is also the grace of God working through the seemingly small and unnoteworthy things of our life. It is very easy to have great zeal for social movements and all the drama which they entail. However, they typically fizzle out, we walk away disappointed, and then we just move on to the next thing. It is much more difficult to bear with family members, friends, co-workers, who are very irritating. It takes fortitude and endurance to repeat the same daily tasks while remaining joyful. But instead of constantly looking towards some kind of escape from our everyday lives, it is embracing the daily tasks that we are called to where we will find this true sense of joy, fulfillment, and meaning. Carrying them out with genuine charity keeps us from the anxiety and the drama of the world and instead allows the kingdom of God to take root in our lives. In this way, we could happily run the race toward the last judgment and anticipate the highest good for which we all hunger and thirst.